such loud intro music. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the UGA Sports Live podcast. My name is Ronnie DePulse. I'm joined by Dane Young and former Georgia head coach Jim Donnan. Man, you are all tuned in to see. I'm here at the uh, Classic City Eats in Watkinsville, uh, now from uh, Greens, Greenboro Highway, uh, right, right close to downtown. So if you're uh, going out 15, you, you can't miss it. So uh, swing by. Classic City Eats, when you get a chance, they have a couple of new items here. You'll see there's an ice cream thing behind me. We were a little late today because I was having to um, knock over that ice cream machine and steal all the uh, chocolate uh, chip ice cream inside it. So it's a good thing they got. And plus, they're bringing in um, uh, pizzas here, hand-tossed New York-style pizzas. They're going to have 10 signature pizzas. Uh, they've got the pizza oven in. So there's always new stuff going on at Classic City Eats. It's fun back out here. And finally, we're back on our normal schedule. So uh, very excited about it. Coach, it's game week. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, That was one of the best off seasons we've ever had. Uh, fantastic to be the reigning national champs. Every little thing kind of reminded you of that, but that's over. So now Georgia's got to go back to defend it, and they start off with Oregon, who has a ridiculous offensive line, one of the best offensive lines returning in college football. I think they get returned all five starters. So uh, a quite quite the test for Georgia in this first game well, as it rebuilds that defensive line, you know, the one you lost all those starters off of. Uh, but the, the line 17. So what, what are your thoughts on this week's game coach? Yeah, I don't get too much into those lines, but, uh, I do feel like that, uh, certainly Oregon presents a real challenge with their, uh, you know, the, the unknown is what kind of offense they're going to run. We pretty much know their defense is going to be within the smart package. You know, I wouldn't think, uh, coach Lanning would change a whole lot, but, uh, you never know what what they uh, might do, but they, just the unknown itself is bad in a way, but it's also good in the fact that you cover every what if situation. Kirby's great at doing that; he really has a good feel for his team and knows what uh, how to use personnel groupings to make up for deficiency. By that, I mean if we're a little light in the bridges and in the line and certain uh, defenses, they might uh, you know insert. Uh, maybe six defensive backs instead of trying to stop the run with, with the smaller linemen. You just never know. But right. uh, Bo Nix uh, certainly has had a good career at Auburn, but kind of peaks and valleys. We used to say outhouse or penthouse. I mean, he, he really has had some good games, but he's had some bad ones too. And uh, I know he's going to have it in his crawl to come in here and try to get one win against Georgia. He's 0-3, but uh, – We'll just have to see well, what he'll do with their program. Uh, from our standpoint, uh, preparation-wise, this is the week that I always felt like, you know, you kinda over, you're kind of over the hump. You've gone through spring. You've gone through summer. You've gone through the fall camp. And now it's game week. And you just kind of get a kick in your giddy-up. I mean, everybody knows <laughs> it's time to play. And uh, we're stopped hitting on each other. We're doing our – Special teams uh, uh, coverage a lot. Uh, we're going into our – going against the scout team. And uh, really, that's why you play football, to play the games. I mean, it's no question about there's no no better reward than team victory. I mean, the locker rooms that I've shared with so many young men and myself as a player, it's just uh, indescribable the uh, feeling to prepare for a battle and go in there and – execute your game plan and uh, and and do your job and win as a group. I mean, you know, that's uh, something that I really feel like that I want to, to uh, get across today about our program is the fact that maybe we've lost some recruits. I think certainly everybody's going to lose them, but we've got our share. But we have such a collection of good kids. I think character has really been a big part of the recruiting process here that, that Kobe has, has really checked out the background of these guys and, and done a good job of, of uh, checking their parents and everything about it because you, you got to have 85 guys that are in the ball game together and also the walk-ons, whatever that might be. But I, I just feel like walking around there when I'm there, they're, they're good mannered kids. They had smile on their face and they, uh, they know how proud they are to be a, a player for the University of Georgia. And one little nugget here, I don't know of any team that has uh, the uh, quarterback starting 
uh, out of one program that Georgia did. We know we've got Dwan Mathis starting Friday night for uh, for the uh, <clears throat> for uh, against Duke for uh, Temple, and then uh, Matthew Downing, who went to TCU from here, he was a walk on, and now he's transferred to Louisiana Tech, and he's going to be starting against the Missouri Tigers, and then. And then JT Daniels on Thursday night is going to be going in the backyard brawl for West Virginia against the Pitt Panthers. And then Saturday afternoon, Stetson Bennett, all-world walk-on now, fabulous national champion defending quarterback. So that's a pretty good quarterback <laughs> around the country, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to – Maybe Nathan Priestley also got to start somewhere too while you're at it. Nathan's wow, still over here doing a good job. On I know. I just think that's just crazy that all those guys are starting for Georgia. Well, it's Gunner Stockton. I mean, Gunner's playing uh, Bo Nix this week. So, uh, oh, that's interesting. That's a, that's a pretty good nugget there. Well, and let's not discount like how difficult it is to go get a job at a different school. Matthew Downing's played at TCU and now Louisiana Tech. You don't have to look further than Max Johnson to realize just because you transfer doesn't mean you're getting the job. So that's really good work by those yeah, guys. That's a good point. And Matt Calzada uh, transferred from Texas A&M to, to Auburn, was a starter, has a win over Alabama. He's the only person in that building at Auburn's got a win over Alabama, and he's not starting. So uh, – there might be some administrators that were there when Gus was there, but I just think uh, not many. I was really, I was really surprised. Not a lot of administrators there, either, too. At but uh, I was surprised that Max didn't win that job. Uh, I, I certainly disappointed for him, and uh, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ball to be played, and uh, whoever the quarterback is is going to look good against his first team they play, but. They got some tough tests, and uh, you know, any way you look at it, Texas A&M isn't built to pay a guy nine million dollars, and they go eight and four. I mean, they continue to go eight and four. I mean, they're not going to buy him out, but uh, you know that, that everybody gets all fired up about them, and they won last year against a big game, but uh, against Alabama. But this is the Georgia Bulldog Show, and we're talking about Oregon and what might be happening. And, uh, we do have the Around the League podcast returning on yeah. Thursday. So if you want Coach's SEC thoughts, you'll get it there on Thursday night. Yeah, let's go for it. I, I do feel like this one thing is important to get across to the fans there about teaching your guys what it's like to make a trip. Uh, you know, you've got to coach these younger guys up and the seniors and other guys will help them. But when you got a meeting and it's a 930 walkthrough, you don't go over to the elevator at 928 and expect it to be coming to your floor and you get down there. you you got to work on things like that and talk about it and be early because nothing more disconcerting than somebody to walk in late. You're basically telling everybody, I don't really care about, uh, about the team. You know, it's more about me getting a little more sleep or whatever it might be. And that's just an example, but, you, you, you know, you want everything to be working just perfectly as far as no disruptions. Uh, uh, everything's going to be functioning towards uh, beating Oregon. And they've got a tremendous checklist Friday and Saturday that they go over on the what-ifs. You know, if certain so, so-and-so gets hurt on, this, on the kickoff team, who's coming in next? If we've got to get somebody on the, to come in in a, a hurry-up situation, and uh, kick a field goal, who's going to be the guy leading the pack to get them out there. It's just a lot of things that you go over, endless amount. But uh, we're, we're good at doing that. But uh, I think you're going to have some new freshmen that haven't made that trip and understand the uh, discipline and the uh, the way thing. You know, it's okay to laugh a little bit and have fun, but we're not on a, a party here. Uh, you know, I used to get mad when – we would go into a movie and uh, our players would start acting loud and everything, you know, uh, the, especially the new ones. And all it took was everybody knew when they heard, Hey, that, meant, <laughs> that I was, I, I didn't feel too good. And uh, if they didn't get going, we were going to stand up and leave. So you just gotta be, be, uh, you, you understand that all those people that are in the movie, now we got enough movies where maybe you can go, and just have the whole auditorium to yourself. But, you know, you got to be respectful of the other people. And, uh, 
and understand that, uh, that that they're in there and they're making a point. Well, there's Georgia's team; they think they can do whatever they want to. But uh, nothing nothing makes you feel better than afterwards walk out and somebody come up to you from another team and say, "Hey, coach, I was really impressed with the way your guys acted in here." You know, that, that's the way it should be. Well, I've seen you do that, Coach. I remember when we were having breakfast one time and the FSU tennis team came in and you went over and talked to their tennis coach and remarked about uh, how well-behaved they were in that uh, restaurant. So Right, right. I mean, that, and, that's and, and you, you stopped. You're like, hey, man, I know we're, we're about to go head on, but I need to go talk to this coach and tell him that. And I thought that was a classy move on your part, but the kids deserved it. I mean, that was uh, – yeah. there was one well, – we had one waitress in there, and she was being run all over the place. And right. Those you know, guys – those guys were really good reps of their program, and yeah, I got I spoke down in Florida one time uh, for a touchdown club, and the next morning I got on the plane, and the Florida Gator men's swimming team was on there, and I was really impressed with the way. It's hard for me to give Florida any love, but <laughs> I was impressed with the way they act. If you're going to wear a sweatsuit that represents your school, then act like you're, you know, got some sense. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about this every year that Georgia practices going to the movies. You're talking about how they practice, you know, who gets who goes in if someone so gets hurt on the kick team, all the different variations. And you're right. They work on how to go to team meetings, how to go to the movies. They went and saw Bullet Train a couple weeks ago and they practiced how to get on the buses and how to get back and such. Um, but I, I want to bring up something that you mentioned a second ago, Coach, talking about the 85 guys and the uh, the kind of the chemistry, you know, the the. Yeah, I mean, of course, you're going to have a couple knuckleheads on every team, but Kirby does, they do the character checks as strongly as possible as they can when they recruit kids. And a lot of times we in the recruiting business don't report that, hey, this kid's just, he's an asshole. This kid's, he's a, he's a dumbass, or this kid's a jerk. You know, this kid's a, a me first guy. We don't put that into stories because, well, why not, Roddy? It's, it's, well, it's a judgment call. It's not objective. So we kind of leave that stuff out. And, there have been times also, we're not you know, TMZ. That's just yeah, exactly. Style. Well, it's, to me, if I consider the kid a jerk, everyone goes, well, no, he's not a jerk. He's just arrogant or he's he can back it up. He's just cocky, you know, with reason. So it's a judgment call. We leave it out. But I want to bring up something. Georgia got a commitment last night from Monroe Freeland, the number one player in the state of South Carolina. Offensive tackle, something George needs. Uh, Stacey Steril started recruiting Monroe Freeling when he was at uh, when Cyril's was at North Carolina. He came to Georgia, stayed on recruiting him. And they got him last night. And, Coach, I think you'll appreciate this quote uh, when they asked, you know, hey, Monroe, why did you commit to Georgia? And he said, well, we obviously just won a national championship. And what gave me the security that it wasn't just a fluke was that Coach Smart explained to me that he figured out that team chemistry was why they weren't winning national championships when they had all that talent. He did some really scientific stuff to figure it out. That really made me understand it and it made make it make sense to me. I'm not just going to go there and fall short of the college football playoff every year. So I thought that that was kind of a neat take that uh, Kirby Smart told Monroe Fridley. said, look, uh, we had team chemistry issues. And if we go to Kirby Smart's press conference yesterday, he was basically touching on some of that stuff. You know, he talks about the leadership, the guys that stand up and hold others accountable. And once you have all those guys having bought in, we talked to Chris Smith yesterday, the guy's been around a long time. And he was asked specifically, you, there have been some transfers in the secondary. You know, how hard is it to play at Georgia? And he's like, look, you just got to believe in the coaches, believe in your uh, teammates, and listen to them and buy in. And Kirby keeps mentioning buy in, but we don't ever talk about buy in because we want to talk about who's a starter, who won the job. And it, <laughs> it drives him nuts because he's like, it doesn't matter who the damn starter is if you don't have that buy in, if you don't have that leadership. And so, thought that that was kind of a neat take on Kirby saying, look, uh, we got to fix team chemistry. And it's not just, you know, the Jimmys and Joes out there. It's how well they get along, how well they follow our rules, how much they buy in. Yeah, you got to buy in. Uh, that connectivity deal has been so big during COVID. You know, we had, we were really having a hard time meeting as a group. And that uh, seems to be the word of the year, connectivity, but it, it's certainly working. Uh, and, and one of the things that that I learned uh, early as a, as a head coach, we had a young man uh, have a serious situation and it actually passed away. And we, we got in the group and our guys just made it be known that we didn't know each other. Like, you know, the guy was on the scout team and some of them didn't even know him, but many coaches did. And we just made a big deal about uh, 
Hey, Dane Young, you're from down there in South Georgia. Tell me about yourself. Where'd you go to high school? Tell me about your parents, blah, 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 right there in front of everybody and get up and talk about it. Cause you can, you can be a lot better friend to somebody if you know exactly what they've had to go through and what they're going through. And uh, we work hard on it here. I mean, I'm, I'm not involved in it, but uh, it's very important to, uh, to have that kind of respect for your fellow teammates and understand that. And if everybody would just think about this other thing real quick, we're talking about NIL all the time, how much money people can get and all, but one of the things that always concerned me about recruiting anybody, you're bringing in a star who's been the, been the guy most of the time, every position, and he's got to blend in in a team situation. So there's got to be some give and take. You might have to play special teams. You might have to be second team for a little while. But you, you, as soon as you understand this one word, are you coachable? That means – Whatever the coach says you're going to do, you're not going to question it. You're going to work at it, and you're going to do everything you can to back what the coach says. Once you get a, start doubting the coach and doing uh, talking to everybody, well, he doesn't know what he's saying, and I don't believe he's treating me right, then you're going to have a hard situation to, um, to collectively make everybody what it needs to be. So, coach, yeah, I, coach, I, I, Go ahead, Dan. Well, I'm just glad that Coach mentioned the regionalism piece of that because Georgia is such a diverse state, and I'm not meaning necessarily like demographics, but just the different experiences you can have living in Georgia. So when he says, hey, Dane from, from Dublin, Georgia, that means that I have a, an experience with someone from Cordial, Georgia, or McRae, Georgia, or Hazelhurst, Georgia, but maybe not from Gwinnett County because there's Those totally different places. lifestyles. Uh, but like as you get older and you have more experiences, you can share in those lifestyles. And part of the college experience is to get around people that have been from those places. So you're exposed to that and kind of understand what life can be different and, and how we all can relate to each other. And if you can do that quicker, you're going to have a better football team. So my, that's a great point, Dane. So my question to coaches, do they have that connectivity? Do they have that leadership that they had last year? Do they have that, uh, you know, the Kobe Dean can jump my case on national television and I'm not going to snap at him. I'm just going to go you know, make a sack on the next play. You know, do they have that? Hey, uh, I, I carried the ball three times. I got us down to the two yard line. I want to punch it in. But the other guy's fresh. So I'm going to step out and, you know, let them let somebody else score. You know, that, that's that selflessness that wins games. Does this team have it? Yeah, it's hard to say at this point because uh, you haven't seen it in, in action, but but I do feel like uh, there's a good nucleus of leaders, guys like Nolan Smith that came back. Uh, uh, you know, the fact that Stetson is coming for another year. Uh, you got guys that have been to the dance, and they some of them are quiet leaders like Carter, by the way. They uh, practice and what they do. Uh, I, I think we work too hard on leadership here not to have it because I always felt like this. To have leadership, you got to have fellowship. You got to have people that want to follow people uh, that want to want to do the, what somebody says. So if you're a new defensive back like Malachi Starks and, and Chris Smith is telling you to do it, hey, you want to do it. You know he's been in the big. He's intercepted a pass that changed the whole season for the team last year against Clemson. Uh, he's worked hard and he's been in, in every drill for four or five years. So uh, he, he'll set the standards for you, but. If you're a, just a happy-go-lucky freshman that's casual and thinks, hey, I'm high school Harry and I'll be okay, uh, you're going to have a hard time here because the demands in practice, and people say, well, you just keep it. The demands in practice here are what it takes to be a winner and what it takes to develop a team. And anything that you see in a game, you've seen in practice here. So uh, – it's self-survival out there. I'm telling you, you're not whipping it up every day. You're in some, some, some we hear some severe uh, language of uh, nice encouragement. <laughs> yeah, Coach Boom. Uh, it's funny, we had all those coaches the other week, and uh, the only one who still had his voice left was uh, uh, Will Muschamp. And, of course, he screams more than anybody out there. But you're right. Uh, sometimes people say, well, how did you know that kid was going to transfer? I'm like, well – we talked to uh, his parents. We talked to his high school coach, and his high school coach was talking about how much he was struggling in practice. It's hard. So some guys don't get it. Uh, I, 
if you want to not struggle, I'm gonna give you a couple easy things to do. And one of them comes from our newest sponsor, Prime Shrimp. Now, Prime Shrimp is a company, if you ever heard of like Omaha Steaks, you know, basically where you they send you steaks, you know, through the mail or something like that. Prime Shrimp is the same thing. This is a company that's been around forever. They invented a machine that peels and deveins shrimp. And they've come up with a neat process where they take a bunch of shrimp, put it into a bag, freeze it with uh, sauces on it. You get it shipped to your house. It comes with dry ice. It comes frozen. And you take it out of the bag, play with the dry ice. Don't touch it with your bare hands. Trust me. And you, whenever you want uh, shrimp tacos or shrimp and grits or a uh, po' boy or just, you know, an entree, you take the bag out of the freezer and you drop it in boiling water. That's all there is to it. Drop it in boiling water. Let it cook for about four minutes. Flip it a couple times. Take it out. Let it sit for a second. Clip the bag. Pour out your shrimp. It's the easiest thing in the world. This is fantastic shrimp. This is a New Orleans company. We partnered with them just last week. We had 250 orders go through. The reviews are fantastic. So I want you to try Prime Shrimp. Again, super easy thing to do. And if you use promo code UGA Sports, pretty easy to spell, you get $20 off your first order. So try that when you get a chance. And one of the reasons they came to us was our friends over at Dead Soxy recommended us. Dead Soxy has been a sponsor of ours, and they make fantastic socks for you. It's the same thing. You go to their website and go, hey, I like those socks. They come directly to you. They come incredibly well packaged. It's not like you you know, you ordered them from Amazon. They come in a brown box with uh, uh, yesterday's newspaper in there. They come <laughs> their pre their presentation quality socks because it's a quality product. So if you want to get socks for the Georgia fan in your life or the Alabama fan or the LSU fan or the Ole Miss fan in your life, you know, because, uh, hey, they're not champions. They need something. So if you want to get them some socks and tell them better luck next time, Swing by Dead Soxy, hit them up. They will take great care of you. Again, use uh, code, UG, code, promo code UGA Sports, get 25% off your order there. So hit up either one of those. Again, super easy. Now, the first question that Roddy asked to get us on the diatribe of this show was about Oregon's offensive line. And, Coach, I'm not trying to do the media thing here, but I'm going to do the media thing here. It seems like we're at the point of the preview in this where a lot of narratives are kind of getting thrown out there. And the last time that I heard someone raving about an offensive line that Georgia played, it was Michigan's. No, <laughs> Michigan's with the Michigan. Joe Moore Award winners. Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking about starting game that... last year, remember? That was supposed to be that great offensive well, line. Hey, Clemson's <laughs> was the real deal uh, on, at the line of scrimmage. I'm saying – I, I got to see someone slow down Georgia's front. And I know it's not the same guys necessarily. I got to see someone slow it before I'm buying into the offensive line situation from the other team. Yeah, I don't care if they got Ben Hur playing. They're not going to slow down Carter. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they got. But, uh, uh, that guy's got a mean on now. He's got a fat – I mean, he, he's just uh, – he's on another area code really uh, – I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, way way he needs to works and uh, he's gotten even better. And uh, so they're going to have to contain him. And I know Landing's going to have a good feel for. They're going to have, but they're going to be so worried about him that all of a sudden some of these younger D linemen now. I mean, they they got they got good taste in their mouth, and they've had a situation where they've had to go against a really good old line. I heard Kirby talking about it. You know. Our old line matchup with Oregon, I promise you that. Uh, uh, give Oregon credit, though. They went in and beat Buckeyes last year, beat them badly there at, at the horseshoe, but they also got their pants pulled down by Utah in the championship game. That was ugly. Uh, I'm telling you, these Florida Gators are going to be playing the Utah Utes, and uh, it's going to be a tough opener there for Billy Napier. I think Utah uh, – Really a good football team. Uh, unbelievable uh, quarterback. That guy's really good. So, of course, they got to hope the weather helps them in uh, Florida. Maybe the weather to Utah come in here and have to get IVs or something. But I don't know why I got off that. But I promise you this. Our D-line will get some pressure. Our linebackers can run now. I'm telling you right now. Those guys have gotten really good inside-out play. And then uh, – they're gonna. We're not gonna be uh, indestructible on defense, but it, the one thing I feel like is our offense uh, is gonna be put a lot of pressure on the other team uh, to come from behind because we're gonna 
we're going to make a lot of explosive plays. We're going to make explosive plays in the kicking game, too. Uh, you know, I think Kyrus Jackson's ready to rock. He came so close last year. So, and you just see the frustration build and build and build. The guys do. He's absolutely do. So. Yeah. If you watch these games last week, which all of us watch, certain things were really pertinent. Open field tackling was not good. Special teams, mistakes, blocks in the back, uh, not fielding punts, all those things. You get a uh, – Kirby, you have these analysts and all. They get a, 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 a reel of plays that people did wrong last week and just show it to your players and how it affected the outcome of the game. And uh, the other thing is conditioning. Even though you're playing indoors, uh, conditioning in the first game is critical. And you got to be ready to put the hammer down in the fourth quarter. And every game, you don't know if it's going to be a waltz in the park. I mean, it, it's going to be a – you got to really go hard uh, uh, in your preparation like it's going to be a four-quarter game. I don't think you'll be seeing coaches do onside kicks when up double digits in the third quarter. I don't think you'll see that this coming week. Yeah, that was uh, – you know, old Frost was trying to apply for, to see if he could get in that movie Dumb and Dumber on that one. I was just <laughs> – that was really bad. I mean, especially a guy that's five and twenty-one in one one possession games. I mean, when you look at it, um, most coaches that have really good records win the good close games because they make the right decisions for their team and uh, make the right right decisions as far as strategy. And uh, instead of Losing the game, you win it because you you did you put your team in a position to win. I was I was watching that game, the Nebraska game, and I was thinking how excited I was for those Northwestern guys. And I was it, this does apply to Georgia's offensive line as well. When they're in the fourth quarter and Northwestern, you're just mashing them. You get in the huddle, you look to your right guard, you look to your right tackle, you know, you look to your center, and you just and I mean they're they're tired but they know they're not as tired as the defense. And it's just yeah, it's for people who've never played, it's the greatest feeling in the world knowing that you on the next play, we're going to go get six yards or a first down. Yeah, we're going Georgia did that against Clemson in the fourth quarter than they did against Alabama. When you were just mashing them, I, you almost don't want the coach to ever throw it because you're like, man. Game's in your hand. And, uh, <laughs> it's I, a crazy feeling. Thing, I think the fans saw uh, that they had trouble with the ATMs and the computers and all. So they hard to, had to start giving, let people just have free beer over there, and they, they were getting all those Guinness and everything. And I think maybe Frost must have had a couple Guinness at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> wow, man, that's just uh, you know what that was always tough for me on TV when uh, you always want to take up for a coach and everything, and you're the analyst or you're in the studio and you're thinking to yourself, I mean. You got to say how dumb it is, but uh, if I liked the guy, I would say, "Boy, I, I can understand it. I made a mistake like that once, and uh, you know, it just feel bad." But if you didn't like the guy, you could just say, "What in the heck is he doing?" <laughs> just let let him have it on national yeah, television, yeah, both barrels. That's the reason why this guy's probably going to get fired this year. So, well, here's the thing: is uh, when you everyone can kind of laugh at that. And we have a great thing at UGA Sports where you have all access, you know. So you, you, in addition to your normal subscription, you can add uh, you can add on the ability to go read other message boards, and that uh, Nebraska message board was white hot. But here's the thing: as much as the, the Schneidenfreude that you like of watching another team's meltdown, uh, and you know that they might fire the coach, you got to wonder which Georgia coach. If they fire the coach, which Georgia coaches are coming after? You know, it's like, hey, don't don't get too excited about them firing their coach when all of a sudden they might come after Dale McGee or. Uh, yeah, yeah, assuming, yeah, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, careful what you wish but, for. But you know, you're, you're happy for these guys to get a shot. I mean, uh, oh, absolutely. Way, I mean, when you look at Dan Lanning, 30, he's 35 or 36 years old, and a head coach of a, and uh, it's pretty nice to have Phil Knight on speed dial. I mean, <laughs> I don't Nebraska's know. is a hard job now. It, no, I, they, I know they were a power, but it was anymore. when Tom was Tom was there, they you know, led America in walk-ons. Uh, every county in the state had a kid that they gave a walk-on scholarship to, you know, and uh, didn't count against their numbers. And they had – I mean, I were, they are the first team to ever do a two-spot practice. They had enough walk-ons where they could practice 
you know, uh, that all the time. And it really made us mad at Oklahoma, but we still won, but still was, it wasn't right that how many numbers they had, but does anybody know, I always wanted to say this on UGA, but does anybody know what Tom Osborne said when he heard Barry Switzer retired? No. No. Yes, <laughs> I was really happy <laughs> after getting beat twelve out of seventeen times. <laughs> All right, that's my boy Barry. Yeah, Barry's Barry had had a pretty good shot. We, we, we need to have a show of the two of you together. I will get him on, but I tell you, Osborne won two national championships after Barry retired. That's true. I forgot all about that. Man, that's the guy. Hi, uh, Coach, what do you do about Noah Sewell? That's his, a lot of I see a lot of uh, ink, if you will, to part. You know, to use an old-fashioned. Uh, yeah, they got Noah Sewell. A lot of ink about Noah Sewell and He's an inside linebacker, and then they got Flo too, who's a really good player. Both of them we recruited, and uh, you can't get too caught up and worried about individuals, but you got to go. Hey, when you're when you're uh, setting up your protections, you got to identify the mic. Identify who's going to be the middle linebacker. You got to, because they move their guys around a lot. And I'm sure they'll shift their defensive front just like we do, you know, like Arkansas practice all week. And the first time we shifted, they jumped offside last year after Pittman had warned them about 50 times. But we, we can see some of that stuff. And uh, I hope that they think they can pressure us because we, we got some big time guys in open field. I mean, uh, you know, McConkey is great down the middle. We got A.D. Mitchell on the outside. We got all those tight ends underneath and coming on wheel routes. So, uh, I could see some real explosive passing game, but also some big runs. And the one thing that I would be leery of if I'm this team is when number two comes in, he's going to have really fresh legs. I mean, even though he got his hamstring hurt and had to rehab, there's a lot of difference in, in starting the first week of uh, of the season, knowing that your legs are fresh as compared to going through the grind of the camp. And uh, our guys are trying to get them back, you know, and get you, get your legs back on you. But but uh, Milton's going to be fresh as a young colt out there. He's going to be spry, man. It's going to be good. It's a good question, though, because, I mean, Flo and Sewell would be players at Georgia, and I think there's a oh. lot of teams that Georgia play. You can't say that about everyone that Georgia's going to play on their schedule. Oregon has some dudes that would be starters at Georgia. Yeah, and they got they got some good players. I mean, I mean, they got they, – they're the only team in the Pac-12 that's been in the – I guess Washington made the playoff one year, but they, they've really done well. And uh, the, the other thing, they've got like 15 – at least 15 transfers, so – you just don't know how they're going to plug and place these guys in and what they can do and how they're going to affect the game. But if all of a sudden that transfers like uh, Kendrick was from Clemson for us and they got a guy – like I know they got a corner from Colorado that because their cornerback coach, coach in Colorado, might be a lot better than what they had last year. You, you just never know. But uh, their secondary last year was very porous now. I mean, it was, it was like – I gotta say, the first of the year was like when old Jethro uh, and and went out behind the cement pond and and saw that camel and thought it was a horse. He said, "What's a pitiful looking horse?" That's <laughs> <laughs> a pitiful. Some of their secondary last year was not real good. The well, gamesmanship has been fun to me between Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning, though, because Kirby Smart was asked, hey, you know, do you, do you know how do you prepare for Oregon's quarterback thing because they haven't announced a starter? Dan Lanning's not going to do that. And Kirby says, I know who their quarterback's going to be. And I just laughed when he said that because I'm like, I, well, I think we all do The whole room laughed, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I watched Kirby yesterday, and it was one of those deals where I've answered about every question we can answer. It's time to play. And I, I respect <laughs> you guys and all, but really, uh, you know, I, I got a way to say what it was like, but I'm not. It's, uh, I'm not going to say it. But if it was really, uh, there's nothing much else you can say about about a guy and say, listen, did he get a manicure or, or a pedicure last night? I mean, what what else can he do? I mean, 
Uh, well, he did. We did ask him specifically I'm about the, not Kirby. I'm just talking about yeah. a player. Oh no, I'm just saying that we. Uh, one of the questions we asked Kirby, and this is something I posed to you, Coach. You're four days away, and he says that as of yet they haven't settled on their starting guards. Uh, at least not left guard. You got uh, Truss and Willock and uh, a bunch of other guys taking snaps there. And he said uh, he made the point. You guys want to know who the starter is, so you'll know who takes the first snap. But you know who may take. You know, we're gonna that position will be decided about how these guys play. And of course, practice as well. So do you think that he actually goes into that game saying, okay, you're the starter, but you know, you know, we could pull you in a heartbeat, you know, in the second right. series, if we like, uh, or we're going to put somebody in the second series and give you both a shot. Cause we've heard, we've seen other teams doing this. I think Michigan's going to start one quarterback for the first game and the second quarterback or the, a different quarterback in the second game. What you thought about this guard spot? I think Michigan could do that, man, with that schedule they got. I mean, good <laughs> UConn coming in after whoever they're playing the first game. But uh, I don't even think Jim Harbaugh wears khakis to that game. But uh, <laughs> the, the deal with seriously uh, the guard situation is good and the fact you got really good players there uh, and that and – it's okay to move them in and out because you want to see how they react in game situation. It's that close, but you got a veteran guard and then Erickson, they can also play too. That's played a lot of snaps. So we are good there depth wise. It's just some guys want to get in, just go in there and jump off sides or miss assignment, you know, I mean, get a little tight. And uh, if that happens, you, you make a move, but, uh, I would say one of our real strengths going in this game outside quarterback is the offensive line. I just think the offensive line is massive, quick, uh, mean. I mean, going down the adjectives, uh, really good. The other thing that's helpful is when you create cohesion between different guys because I've had coaches tell me that if it's a, a different left tackle beside a guard he hasn't played, beside, you don't want to be working off that footwork beside each other in the middle of a third quarter of a big-time college football game because that's when mistakes can happen. You step on each other's feet or maybe your timing's off or you get offside like Coach is saying. But if they've gotten those reps in practice, maybe they know each other's tendencies a little bit better to be able to flow together. Yeah, I mean, you got to make calls uh, together. You know, the gardens tackle make calls, and the tackle and tight end make calls, and garden center make calls. I mean, you got to got to based on what the defensive front. And I know some guys feel a little more comfortable playing with so and so compared to so and so, and you know what I mean. And I had, especially on those twists and stuff. I had this guy one time in Oklahoma come in my office and say, "Coach, said, you know, if there's any choice." Here, I, I wish you'd put Dane Young in instead of Roddy. And uh, I said, Why is that? He said, Pastor, he always throws up on the first series and he pukes, <laughs> on, he pukes on my foot. And I don't like it. I, I mean, I never had known that. The guy was so nervous he puked. He said, I'd wish you'd start the other guy and then he wouldn't. And seriously, that's pretty bad when a guy's puking out there on the line of scrimmage. But it, it's he must have played for Nebraska. Yeah, we. I remember having. Yeah, Nebraska was bragging about how many times they. Could. But uh, you know, seriously though, is there anybody out there who hadn't felt better after they threw up? I mean, it's not a bad deal. To I'm not going to talk about our recent New Orleans trip. All right. That's, so that's well, let's get a few questions here, man. It's getting. Uh, before you, before you do that, I want to show you guys what. Uh, it's truly football season. Okay, uh, right now. Look, we got wings and chicken tenders out here at Classic City Eats. So, if you're uh, trying to figure out what you want, if you're going to the game, or if you're if you're not going to Atlanta to watch the Oregon game, you can come out here and watch it. They got a ton of TVs, make a great food. But if you come in the following week for Sanford, you know, you're trying to figure out what you want for your tailgate, hit them up as well. Also, want to mention our friends at Academia Brewing Company. This is a uh, a great place to go out and get a beer. And I'm going to keep telling you guys about the uh, Academia Fest. It's October 13th through the 16th. It's basically their take on the uh, Oktoberfest. It's an all-weekend event. Be tons of live music, tons of food specials, beer specials, um, you, you, something you do not want to miss. And, of course, they always have their bike night. It's the first Thursday of every month. So, of course, uh, next Thursday they'll have bike night. So uh, hit them up when you get a chance. Oh, excuse me, this Thursday. 
I'm, I'm getting my days confused here. So hit up uh, Bike Night and uh, try out all the new beers they have at Academia. That's a great place to watch the game as well. And uh, when you go out there and see Matt Casey tell him that you like his beers, he'll be very appreciative of that. Of course, they win awards all the time. And also, uh, today is uh, double points at your pie. So if you're not in Athens or you're not in Watkinsville, we can come over here and grab some of these fantastic uh, chicken tenders and wings. You can go by the local Your Pie, order your pie today, get the Cubano, the one that has the olive oil, the mozzarella, the ham, bacon, pickles, feta, house-made jalapenos, uh, uh, house-pickled jalapenos, excuse me, uh, the spicy Dijonet sauce. You can get their Southern Heat pizza. You can get their uh, Natat, you know, their Ishka, any of their custom uh, pastas or salads, all that fun stuff. Order it on the app. You know, you can order it ahead of time and walk in. It'll be ready for you or have it delivered, you know. Uh, but you'll get double points if you order today. They do that every Tuesday, the same day we do our show. That's a uh, coincidence. I didn't ask for that, but I'm glad they do. So hit up uh, your pie when you get a chance. Tons of locations and also a great place to cater your watch party. Speaking of watch parties, Dane, you want to tell them about what we got coming this week? Yeah, Saturday we'll have our uh, UGA Sports Watch Along show, which uh, we started doing this. This will be our third full season, three and a half. First game we did, it was Georgia-South Carolina, which I, I didn't know if they'd up. let us do it after that one, after the three interceptions that were thrown and Georgia lost. Uh, but it worked out, and Coach and I, the last time we did this, were watching Georgia's national championship game and had 65,000 viewers uh, watching along, along with us on YouTube. It was fantastic. So uh, you can get on our YouTube page or Facebook or Roddy's Twitter feed. You can sync it up and on your main screen, have Georgia versus Oregon on your phone, your tablet, your laptop, whatever you want to have as your second screen. You can have our commentary. We'll help you sync it up. And then coach Donna can tell you what's happening before the play because the Mannings did it and they think they're cool, but we did it first. I'm just saying. They, they stole that idea. I want our money back. Yeah, well, we enjoy it. And what I like is the, Fans asking questions, and, and Dane and Roddy have the ability to pick it up right there on the computers. And, you know, there's things that happen during the course of the game that you question or, you, you know, also you you look at and, and from a fan perspective. And then I try to give you the coach's perspective, and uh, and we'll have a good time with it too. I mean, it's, uh, it's also – it is fun because I'll sit there and I'm yelling, throw it to the tight end, and the coach will give you five reasons why you don't throw it to the tight end on that play. And I'm like, nah, but I'll still know, throw it to him anyway. It's it's fun for me. I tell you, it's a lot more fun than going over to the rest home and playing bingo. That's <laughs> true. Now, so folks, uh, if you've never but done this, do it one, at least one, one, of those day, one of these days I'm going to be doing that. But when I got to get ready for a game like this, I, I promise you the people that listen or watch, I do some homework, I study, and I try to give you as good a shot as I can and maybe uh, might not be like Herb Street or those other guys, but I guarantee you I know more about Georgia than any analyst that's going to be on the other side. So, Well, that, that's the thing. We've, we've had people watch both, you know, watch the, the, the broadcast on the TV, and then after it they'll watch our watch along, and they're like, you guys gave so much more information. Hell, we break news. I still have people that text me during the show. Dane has people that text him. Coach will tell you stuff that happens or something that he knows about that uh, everyone's trying to figure out why did that happen or what's going on. And all of a sudden, Coach will explain what's going on. We've had to stop what we're doing and have guys on the staff write a story because we broke news during the watch-along. You're going to get more information on the Georgia watch-along than you will watching. And, again, that's a shot against Herb Street. Love that. Uh, I don't know. Sure. I don't Anybody like that, you're going to get more information from us than you will because we got Coach there explaining why things are happening well, the way they are. The he'll he'll is, form out himself, but – Another thing, though, is and, – and I can understand this, too. When the, when these other guys come in there and talk to the coaches and try to get information from them about, you know, they'll have 30 minutes that they meet with. And, and the coordinators will say a few things, but they're not going to open up their veins and tell them everything that's going on. And, uh, and not that I know everything's going on, but I do get a chance to be around these guys all the time in the training room and stuff like that. And – uh it's fun, and I, my main reason for doing any of these podcasts or any of these uh, watch-along is to back Kirby Smart. I told you when Roddy asked me to do the first one, I said, you know, I just like for people to understand that some of this stuff he does, why he does it, and that, and that's that's the only reason I do it. Plus, I if enjoy we fight, if we fight about it. Yes, what I enjoy being with you guys too, and uh, 
it, it's a lot of fun. But I mean, that, hey, it's it's a fun deal, and uh, you know, if you, if you don't have to watch it, but uh, you'll miss out on some good stuff. Like this, because I do it for the jokes. Uh, Rob Dog says, Thomas Davis had a projectile vomit the first play of the Clemson game, and I saw it clearly from my seat. He almost hit the Clemson wide receiver. Well, that's pretty good as a linebacker to hit him from that far, but uh, uh, that's not a real good good deal to be out there and worry about a guy ralphing on you. I mean, God knows that's well, bad. You know, Coach, when this is completely unrelated, but – when I was coaching and my son, we had a kid who was our best football player, but he was so nervous about the game. Don't get me wrong. This was the best offensive player, best defensive player. We could do, put him anywhere. But he was so nervous, and he held himself to such a high standard. After three years of football, he quit because he's just like, I, I just get too nervous. And he went to play baseball. Yeah, well, just, happens. He, put, he put so much pressure on himself. I just felt bad for the kid. Yeah. I'm like, man, dude, you don't have to worry about it. But he did. He was just – he would be physically ill before a game because he was so nervous about messing up. I'm like, no one yells at you. You're our best player. Yeah. I mean, it's just like anything though. You got to approach right. You got to approach. You got to approach it. Like what you're going to do. Right. If you're worried about messing up and doing all that, you're going to have a hard time. I mean, and the other thing as far as tension and things like that, one of the best things that's ever been invented is that tent that they got over there. Cause I know, <laughs> Some guys go in and they don't go in there to get checked out. They go in there to relieve themselves because yep. you know how everybody gets when they're a little nervous as far as having that nervous leak. Be, being on the <laughs> sideline, I can tell you that injury tent smells like urine. Yeah, well, that's okay. Just let, just let you know. So that's well, there's a lot of offensive hey. linemen that have stories of just peeing down their leg in the middle of the game. And always remember there was a guy that played basketball at NC State named Tommy Urine. And one of the best things I ever heard was Ray Reeves, who was a great broadcaster for Channel 5, the, the Wolfpack guy. And there goes Tommy Urine dribbling down the court. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Reeves. I remember this stuff. Ray Reeves. I was a little kid, and I always loved oh. him. I'll be back in 60 seconds. Here's a message from the sponsor that makes this broadcast possible. Yeah, we're going to need to do that for our boys over at Yancey. Right, Dave, do we have any questions on the uh, Yeah, we have some from the dog vent. From Mullet Dog, if you were Dan Lanning and the Oregon coaching staff, where would you attack Georgia's defense? Ooh, I, think they're gonna, I think they're going to come out with a fast tempo. I mean, uh, this Dillingham guy has a background of uh, several places. He coached at Arizona – I mean, at Memphis with the Lanning – Memphis do, does a lot of balls down the field. I mean, they, they really he – he was offensive coordinator under Gus Malzahn, but uh, – and, and, you know, the thing that they do is they try to pound you with the running game inside and then hit the RPOs. And then he went with uh, Norvell, who was the coach at Memphis. He was the offensive coordinator at Florida State. And they had a lot of mismatch stuff because they didn't really, you know, have a lot of good players. So – they could be doing anything, but I think fast tempo is one thing, and a lot of shots. They're gonna take deep shots on you. They uh, they're gonna work on our other corner. I mean, they might work on Ringo some, but uh, I, I doubt it. But they're gonna try some shots on Lester and uh, try to, you know, get Bo Nix mobile enough that he can make some plays with his feet. So, uh, as far as tacking our defense, uh, the we've got to prove we can stop the run. So you got to, with your old line, you probably feel like you can run the ball on. So we'll see on that. So things I think you'll come out with, fast tempo, establish the line of scrimmage, hit some uh, RPOs, and then over-the-top stuff. Great question. And then the inverse of the question, how would you plan to stop Georgia's offense if you're Oregon's defense? Our father, who are in heaven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a prayerful defense, man. I just don't – you got to hope, Hope first of all, we make some mistakes like we did in the Alabama game. We had some penalties on first down. We had some loss yardage. We were behind the sticks the whole game. To the so, uh, as long as we don't stop ourselves uh, and uh, we haven't been a team that turned the ball or more, I think it can be very tough to stop. But uh, we might see some three and outs. But I could see us setting a record for – whatever it is here for the least amount of three and outs that's ever been here in Georgia with the 
with our team, man. I mean, I look a lot of big plays on first down. Just, I mean, the secondary coach is going over his pregame notes with, let's just pretend everybody we're going in the, the secondary room at the whatever hotel, the Marriott uh, Hotel Marquee in Atlanta, where the secondary for the Oregon Ducks are getting their last minute meeting before they get on the bus for the 330 game and I'm the secondary coach. Okay, man, here's a few things you gotta watch out for today. First of all, their quarterback is very mobile. You gotta watch him. He, he's hard to get down and he's gonna keep the ball in tough situations. So let's we got a chance to tackle him. Let's do it. Number two, they got two backs that can make things happen. You gotta watch for them going inside or outside. And they're really good on pass pro and they come out of the backfield. And sometimes our linebackers can't cover him. We got to watch number five. He's a deep threat. Watch him all the way because he can go deep and he can also run the zigzag on the goal line. He beat one of the best corners in America on a zigzag on a, on a touchdown against Auburn last year. So let's be careful about him. 84 is a lot faster than he looks. You better watch him going down the middle. He, he'll split you and he'll run right past you. Let's be careful about 84. Now, Let's get to the meat and potatoes number 19. Listen, man, you haven't played against anybody like 19. He's a human wrecking ball. He can catch it. He can run with it. He can run the jet sweep. He can do everything but sell popcorn. So we got to be ready for anything he gets. He might line up in the backfield. He might JoJo out of the wide position. But we got to identify where 19 is every time you come out of the huddle because we got to have two eyes on him either a linebacker underneath or safety on top of it. And number zero, just pretend you're not looking at it because he is not a guy that you want to get in the open field. But if there's any way you can get him down, I'll be happy for you. I'm not going to get on you on any form tackle. You got to find some way to get his ass down. Fort, number seven is a new player. They can come in there and hurt you. And they got a couple other guys, number 10 and number eight. Played a lot of football before, so let's be leery of them. That's the way I feel about it. And the only thing I can tell you guys is good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's that may be the greatest segment we ever had at UGA Sports Live. <laughs> and then at the goal line, they're gonna bring in this Jalen Carter guy and then good luck <laughs> with that. Hey, Jalen Carter just begs them to put him in. He said, I don't know if he throws me ball, but put me in and uh, we got a good powerhouse on the goal line. But that, I mean seriously, that that would be oh. I was that was not in jest. That would be just a scouting report about That's legit. talking about him. And uh, and that, and when you get through one of those, well, I mean, let's just say that was the first scouting report of the week. And then one of the other kids are saying to the other, say, "Are you shitting me? They got other many players." I mean, well, no, because uh, if I, you'd asked me the question from the Dolphin, I would have said how do you attack Georgia's defense where you take away the run and make them throw it? Because that seemed like what people were trying to do last year because there was questions about Stetson Bennett and you saw that George Pickens wasn't in the game and you're throwing to freshmen and it's just – but then that became a strength, you know. And, of course, you're throwing to uh, James Cook out of the backfield and Zamir's killing you. But, like, okay, clog up the middle, take away the run, and just get the ball in the air and hope something bad happens, you know, because there was always a play – a pass that was a little short or a little off and, you know, it's better than standing there and letting uh, James Cook kill you or Samir White kill you because you knew that was a guaranteed pickup. So, but this year, eesh, I don't know what you do. Here's the thing: we're a lot like Utah. I mean, Utah pounded them, ran the ball and play action, and their quarterback was great. I mean, we're, we're very similar to that team. And uh, one of the comforting things about coaching when you have a team that you know, like we heard Kirby the other day, you got to stop the run and you got to run the ball. And if you do that, then it's a lot easier to play the pass on defense and it's yeah. a lot easier to throw the ball on offense. And I feel like Todd Munkin really feels like we can run the ball anytime. And when you can do that, then your play action pass. When you got those two guys standing side by side in, in like a wing formation, uh, say Darnell's on the tight end and Bowers there, and then you got McClendon or if you're on the left, it'd be like this. You have Jones. You got those three big old boys coming out at you on a zone scheme. Wherever you go, they're just covering that area. Even though you play it good and you engage them and all, 
you're not going to see a lot of plays behind the line against this team. I just don't see it. I just think we can attack the line of scrimmage. And I'm not being overzealous here. I'm just no. being realistic. Hey, Coach, I, I thought that uh, Stetson Bennett, we, he was asked, you know, what about all the checks you're making when you go up to the line? What's it like, you know, coming out of the huddle when you walk up to the line? What all are you reading, you know? How many adjustments are you making? And he, he went through a good uh, – approximation of what a quarterback needs to do. And, you know, he's getting help from the offensive line, his center, calling out protections and stuff. But then he called one play, he says, uh, well, then there's the smoke break where you just handed the ball off. And we, we don't have to worry about that play. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we I, got, we like, got okay, well, here, here, here you go, Kendall. <laughs> You're going to run behind uh, you know, Tate Ratledge and uh, Warren McClendon. Well, we'll pick up three yards. So instead of it being uh, – you know, first attendance. We're we're looking at uh, second five. Yeah, there's. I I mean, again, philosophically, I always felt like you you know you want to go get run with the numbers and check off and do all that, but there, there's a certain amount of being a quarterback, being uh, if you're going to the line looking to change a play instead of to run one, then you're going to always be not very effective, I think, because you. I think there's a time when you got some place that you're just going to say, I don't care what they line up in, we're going to run this thing. And that's why you'd see a team come out and run a play quickly. And before the defense gets set, you know, we used to say impact. When we said the word impact, we knew in the huddle that everybody had to get set quick. Uh, don't move. We're going to make the defense be unprepared. And if you don't do it right, that you're hurting everybody else. So if we say on the impact, Everybody's getting up there fast, and we're going to go quick. And then we used to say, uh, depending on who the team was, let's just say Oklahoma State. If we said on the Aggie, that meant you were a real dumbass if you jump off sides. I mean, <laughs> we're running the hard count, and if it's on the Aggie, that means you're an Aggie because you're a dumbass jump off sides. And, uh, <laughs> So it really meant something to the players, you know, hey, we got a – it's a hard count, but it's the one that we say on the Aggie or we can say on the Gator or whatever you want to do. But uh, the idea is your players know that – and you'll see some teams do that. But they'll just run through a signal and they won't even snap the ball. And uh, one of the coaches came up with a great idea. When we ran something on the Aggie, the, the offensive line closed their eyes because they, that means that no matter what the defense did, they wouldn't jump, you know, but they were just going to wait till the quarterback redid the snap count. It really helped us. I mean, you know, so genius. it was a good move uh, when you run a long count, just don't even look at those guys. Hey, Roddy, we'll it. have to get to a speed run here in a second. Too much, too much philosophy for me today. I'm sorry. I want to mention our friends at Athens Ford real fast. I'm getting getting game week here. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's a good good thing about the watch log show is we have so much more time to talk uh, philosophy there. I do want to mention our friends at Athens Ford. So if you don't want to be on the Gator, you don't want to be a Gator supporter, a Gator fan, or be accused of being a Yellow Jacket fan, go by our friends at Athens Ford because they are a huge Georgia supporter. They spend money supporting this team. They spend, uh, they take care of people in the community. I guarantee you that Brian Clower and the folks over there are the biggest Georgia fans you'll ever see. You go in at Christmas, they got this giant uh, Georgia Christmas tree. Uh, if you are a Georgia fan and you don't want to be accused of being a Florida fan, you don't want to do something stupid like support Clemson, go support our friends at Athens Ford. They will take great care of you. And it's not just for buying a new vehicle. If you need service on your vehicle done, go out there. If you need parts for one, if you got a truck and you're trying to customize it, do that. And, again, we a shout-out to our folks uh, who are going out there and buying those new Ford Broncos. You know, go ahead and get your order in. They're coming in more and more, but it's uh, still a slow process. But if you want to get in line to get one, swing by Athens Ford, and they will take care of you. All right, let's do a speed round to end here, Coach. Strange Noah asked about the offensive line. We touched on that, but I want to give him a shout-out. Uh, Daddy Dog 92 is there a position group where Oregon has an advantage over Georgia? Well, they got more advanced linebackers as far as experience. I mean, they got the guy for the Buckets Award there in Sewell. You know, uh, our linebackers have graduated, and they're kind of like they were; those kids were when they were freshmen or sophomores. So, 
experience in linebacker is definitely an advantage for them. But uh, every team that you usually play, there's certain play guys that on the other side that could play for you. But uh, I think that would be the one point. What about their punter? I haven't even scouted their punter. Uh, I don't know much about him. Uh, do you? No, I was just worried because Georgia doesn't seem to be that strong right now. There, at least the competition is still on. No, it, so. no it, it's not. I mean, we, we're replacing the good guy there. It, he'll be okay, and uh, hopefully, just don't just don't punt. <laughs> no, we'll we'll be okay there. And I think another strategic may, uh, move that uh, Benedict, the new uh, our new uh, special teams guy that we brought in, and along with all the other coaches. Uh, I think early on this guy was holding for uh, for uh, Pod uh, Thorson. Is that his name, Thorson? Yeah, Brett Thorson. Brett Thorson. And uh, they made a move to put Stetson holding with Pod, and he, he hasn't missed many since. So I, I think that was a good move. Uh, Pete Tech one asked, "Do you think Tresman Marshall gets significant playing time at inside linebacker?" Yeah, I think we'll roll those linebackers. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's they're all of them have an ability and. Uh, you know, as much as we're going to see wide open game, you know, they, they spread you all over the field and run fast. I think we're going to need some fresh bodies in there. He'll get he'll get his licks in there. He's a good player. Bucket 3075 says, what kind of knowledge about Georgia's players can Dan Lanning use that other coaches cannot see on film? Oh, he probably he probably tell a few stories about guys that you know that he knows. But there's a tendency that that you know a new head coach that's been somewhere, he knows what worried him when he was calling defenses about certain guys, you know, like Dan Jackson. Maybe he'd say, hey, you know, he's a good run support guy, but we might get attack him in man coverage. Like that happened last year, but Jackson's really improved on that. But I mean, he knows a little bit, some few things about players because of practices and 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 game planning that team like that. And then conversely, he knows about our offense because every day he went against them and he knew what the best thing to do to maybe beat Warren McClendon was to do this with a jab step or whatever. I'm not saying that that's it, but uh, but he also is going to warn them about. The, the, the uh, ability level with these guys. So you got to respect the guy deep. I mean, especially 84 because nobody gives him enough respect. So uh, McConkey can go run right by you. So it's, it's a kind of an advantage in a way, but always worried about it. The other way was you, you tell them too much and they're thinking too much about the, the player and not about the scheme that you're running. You know what I mean? You, well, this guy can't do this, and then all of a sudden he runs past you. I mean, what are you going to do? Well, and I remind everyone, Brian McClendon can do the same thing for Oregon's offense and defense for Georgia. True. He, we got McClendon right here, and he's he's doing a good job. Uh, good point. Um, let's wrap with this. Uh, OU Herschel Walker says, Coach, who's your mouth-watering players of the week on offense and defense for Oregon? I didn't know if we were going to get to this, but he did ask. So let's uh, go with game week tradition. Roddy, do you want to start with the offensive and defensive mouth-watering player of the week? Okay, no, you don't. I will. I'll start. I'll start. I'm going with I'm going with Carter on defense, and I'm going with uh, Brock Bowers on offense. I'm going Keely Ringo on defense. That's been on offense. I'm going to go on defense. Give me Chris Smith. I, just, I think that they're they're going to test him in the secondary, and he had such a great game against Clemson last year. First game of the year, the guys the guys dialed in, and on offense, okay. give me uh, Hopkins. Who you got? Uh, I want Lad. I want Lad McConkey. That was my second one. I love that guy. I just I'm done. Lad McConkey, you have a big year. Big, big, big. Yeah. There's a lot of that's guys on defense. I, or Pop, I think I think Pop's going to actually lead the team in tackles this first game. And here, here's the other thing. I would just caution the fans and get mad at me any way you want to. But these kids have worked, these kids have worked their ass off, and they're not they're not perfect. They're going to make mistakes. But this is your team. Uh, you're a Georgia Bulldog, and let's go in there and. Uh, Back them. We should have a tremendous advantage in the stadium, and we need to use that. Uh, people talk about how our fans back our team, and I know we're going to, but 
you know, we've got a high standard now, so be a little patient and understand it might not, everything might not be hunky dory, but this team has got championship ability and it's going to develop, but give it a chance to, to grow a little bit, you know, let them, uh, so let's, let's just don't be too quick to find something wrong with these guys and give them a chance. Uh, this is your that won't happen. <laughs> Maybe but no, so. you're all right. Maybe, but, you know, so. I, but I have seen the coach there. Uh, this offseason has been great. Someone asked me the other day on a show, you know, what, what's been the difference? What are you most excited about this year? Like, I'm excited about Georgia fans going into a season as the national champs, the reigning national champs, mainly because I've, I've pointed this out that it was all you were always worried about when the other shoe was going to drop. You know, there was always injuries, and there'll be injuries this year. Your favorite player might get injured. It happens. But you were just – you were always waiting for that – That you just had that inevitable disappointment. No because money back. No money well, back. Exactly. And so this time you can actually enjoy a game like this. So I'm like, you're not constantly worried. When's the bad thing going to happen that's going to keep us out of the national championship game? Hey, you've got it. You've been there. So this game, everything here is gravy. Just enjoy this season. So you know, that I'm was really a, excited for the Georgia fans for this. That was a thing for me at Oklahoma. You know, we won so many games in a row and won every game. As a coach, you were just so worried you were going to lose a game that you really didn't enjoy the winning as much as you needed. Exactly. To. And finally, after the second year, I just figured, I said, hey, we're probably going to win. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. <laughs> and uh, I never will forget, and I think Kirby could say this to the new coaches here that are here. I was talking to uh, the players and uh, switch to the offensive group, and Switzer saw me afterward, and he said, hey, just remember one thing. He said, you're at Oklahoma. Said these guys know how to win. They, you, know, <laughs> uh, you don't have to, you know. You can do some. Th- you can talk about certain things, but just remember, just like Kirby, you're gonna tell us for me. Hey, this is Georgia. Hey, this yeah. is a real. This is a real freaking deal, man. Uh, he's it's, it's built for sustainability. It's not a flash in the pan, or else he wouldn't have been played for two national titles in six years. So right. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this week's show. Be sure to tune in Thursday for Around the League, where you get Coach Dane and Brent talking about all the teams in the SEC. It's a fantastic show. Uh, you definitely want to check it out. And shout out night this year. Eight, eight, eight. We're, gonna, we're doing that at 8 p.m., Coach. Good Lord, I'll be asleep. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, even to sleep, you'll know more than our guys do. 8 o'clock, holy moly. So okay. shout out to uh, Connor Grading and Landscape. He's going to be a sponsor of that show. We appreciate them doing that. And uh, if you want to sponsor it, let us know. And uh, be sure to tune in for the watch along. We'll probably get started about 3.20 on Saturday. So this same YouTube channel, our Facebook channel, my Twitter feed. Uh, help, maybe we'll even put it on LinkedIn if you really want somebody to not watch. But check out the UGA Sports Watch Along show brought to you by our friends at uh, Next and – oh, is that Coach being – Hit there and Athens Ford, we appreciate them. And um, uh, it's seven six apparel company, you check them out as well. They'll be sponsoring that first show with Oregon. So, we'll see you next week, folks. Take care. <laughs>